Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm Duke Lamastra and you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast where we think practically about the presence and the power of God operating in our daily lives. So blessed and grateful that you're here. Really honored to have the opportunity to share with you this week. So as we get into this, I'm actually going to be starting today maybe a little bit of a series on the subject of identity. I believe that identity is so foundational, us understanding who we are in Christ, the position that he's given to us, where we stand as heirs, co-heirs, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, what God has done for us, what Jesus has really opened the door for us, giving us access to his world, to his presence, This understanding is really what positions us to be able to operate in his power and really go to new levels, new depths of experiencing him, his presence and his power operating in our daily lives. So I'm just going to start this conversation off today. I feel like this is probably going to go on for a few weeks But it's not going to be all in consecutive fashion. I've got some really, really awesome interviews lined up over the next few weeks as well that uh, I'm just really, really excited to bring you guys. So I'm not going to make you wait. But I do want to just kind of start the conversation today talking about identity, understanding your position in Christ, your position in God, understanding, first of all, who God is, and then recognizing that our identity is completely in him, that we are who we are because he is who he is, that we are created in the image of God and that he has given up so much for us. I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but but he determines how valuable your life is and understanding your identity um, really positions you to partner with the heart of God in more profound ways that when you understand who you are in Christ, that you actually become an unstoppable force in the kingdom of God. That's why the enemy fights so hard to keep you ignorant of your identity. That's why he fights so hard against identity. He fights so hard against self-image and self-worth and all this kind of stuff. And he's constantly hurling threats at you and condemnation and guilt and embarrassment and shame and all these things that really, they, they seek to tear us down. What does the Bible say? That the enemy only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. It's an attack on identity. Every attack of the enemy, I believe, is an attack on identity. He wants you to doubt who you are, and he wants you to, overall big picture, doubt who God is. But what I want you to understand just at the beginning of this discussion is that a life of living in the supernatural, of experiencing the kingdom of God operating in our lives, it really flows from understanding your identity. You are made in the image of God. You are an ambassador of heaven. You are a joint heir and co-heir with Jesus Christ. That's just not like fun, cool, poetic, like fancy, pretty biblical language that has no effect on our lives. Absolutely not. That is reality. And so when we begin to understand what that means and live in the reality of it, I'm telling you that the most impossible things become possible as you partner with the Spirit of God. A lot of believers go through life and and, and they go through their walk with the Lord thinking that they're not worth anything or not worth much, thinking that they're not valuable. 
And then they call it humility, where actually it's really not humility. It's actually false humility. You are not called to belittle yourself, to put yourself down. That is not the invitation of God for your life. Now, Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, said that we should not think of ourselves. He said, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. He's given all of us the measure of faith. And so Paul is saying, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. But pay attention because a lot of people will use that and say, you're not supposed to think highly of yourself. And that's actually not what the apostle Paul is saying in that scripture. He's not saying, don't think highly of yourself. He's saying, don't think more highly than you ought to think. In other words, he, he connects it to the context there is don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Think of yourself in the context of what God has given to you. And that's where we find our true value and our true worth based on what Jesus has done for us. So I just want to tell you right off the bat here, you are an awesome, amazing, wonderful person. You are a gift of God to this world. You're not supposed to throw dirt on yourself and beat yourself up and live in this way where you don't think highly of yourself. Don't think about yourself as this great person, like this great gift of God in a prideful way, but recognize that everything that you are, that it's only because of the grace of of God on your life. He says, God's dealt to each of us the measure of faith. So in other words, we have all been given the faith of God. From the moment of our salvation experience, faith was required just for us to get saved, for us to enter into the family of God. But Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, by grace we've been saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not about us. It's not about us having anything to boast in ourselves that we did anything, that we attained to something, that we somehow deserved salvation, that we somehow deserve this grace and this faith that we have. Absolutely not. It has nothing to do with us. It's all based on his goodness, on his faithfulness, on the grace that he is so freely given to us through his death on the cross, that through his blood that he shed on that cross, he's brought us near to God. He's brought us into the family of God and given us the right to be called children of God. And in that, he's given us this right to be joint heirs and co-heirs with Jesus Christ, giving us access to himself, to his world, sharing in his inheritance with us. This is truly the amazing thing. That Jesus, who always has been, he's always been God, he's eternally self-existent, but he stepped out of eternity, came into time, came into the world that you and I live in, and he suffered and he died in order to secure for you and I this eternal life this salvation, this grace, this gift of God that he has given to us because he wanted you and he wanted me. He wanted us to be with him. He wanted to spend eternity with us. That's how much he loved us. But here's the deal. Philippians chapter two, you'll find this. This is Jesus laying down everything in complete obedience to the father. And therefore the father has highly exalted him, given him the name that is above every other name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess. But Jesus who 
deserved all of that, who had all of that from the beginning in obedience to his father because of his great love with which he loved us. He came and he gave it all up. He laid it all down. The word of God says that he became poor, that you and I might become rich, that he became sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. He laid it all down in order to re-inherit it. But as he re-inherited everything, exalted to the highest place with the name above every other name, he did it with you and with me, sharing it with us. We get to share in this inheritance with Jesus Christ as co-heirs and joint heirs. He didn't hold it back from us. He who was perfect opened himself up completely and invites you and I in to share in his inheritance. Being as imperfect as we are, as lost as we were, he did this while we were enemies of God, the Bible says, but he's so good. He's so faithful and he has such a love for us that he was willing to give it all up, to lay it all down so that he could re-inherit everything. But now with you and I at his side, we are in Christ. And we are, according to Colossians chapter 3, we are hidden with Christ in God. We are part of this family of God, part of this household of God, part of this kingdom reality, this kingdom relationship where we get to experience him. Now, here's the deal. He laid all of that down. He went through all of that. This Jesus, who is absolutely perfect, he's always been, he's always been the self-existent, eternal perfect God, but he came and he saved us. You know, you can, you figure out, you determine the value of something. You determine what something is worth based on what somebody is willing to pay for it. So like if you have, let's say you've got the brand new iPhone and you are willing to pay, I don't know what it costs, 1200 bucks, let's say. So you are willing to pay $1,200 for that iPhone because that's the value that was placed on it. And you said, yep, that's worth it, even though it, it, you probably didn't like spending that much money on it. You made a decision that, yeah, this is a great phone. This is the phone that I want. And so you decided that it was worth it for you to pay the price that they were asking for that iPhone. That iPhone, therefore, to you, to the people that made it, to all the millions of people around the world that are buying the iPhone is worth 1200 bucks or whatever it might be, right? That's how you determine value. You might want $500,000 for your home, but if it's only worth two fifty, I mean, you can ask whatever you want for it. It's only really truly worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. Now think about this. What was the price tag that God put on you? What was the pri- what did God decide that you were worth in his infinite wisdom and in all of his perfection? What did he decide that you're worth? Now again, this is a perfect God. Absolutely perfect in every single way. Perfect in wisdom, perfect in knowledge, absolutely powerful. And then here you are and here I am and we are imperfect people. We make mistakes. We mess up our lives. We make decisions that hurt other people and we make decisions that hurt ourselves. We, the Bible says when we were outside of Christ before we knew him, that we were enemies of God. We were enemies of God. We were without faith. It's impossible to please God. In the flesh, it's impossible to be pleasing to God. And in that state, This absolutely perfect God, 
the one who is seated on the throne, the one who created everything that we see, this absolutely perfect, creative, wise, incredible God, sent his son, who is just as good and just as beautiful and just as faithful and just as perfect and just as wise. He sent him to die on a cross, to die a brutal death, to be tortured and killed in order to purchase your life. That's what God was willing to give up in exchange for your life. That's how valuable your life is to God, that he was willing to give everything up for you. So my question is, who are we to walk around and to beat ourselves up, to think that we're not good enough, to think that we're not worth it? Look, let me just say this. You and I, in our own strength, in our own efforts, we are not worth, we're not worthy of any of it. Without God, we are not worthy. But that ship has sailed. That's over. That's done. Because if you if you are in Christ, you're born again, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you have come into the family of God. You are a a new creation, that old man, that old nature that was connected to sin, that sinful nature has been crucified with Christ, nailed to a cross. That old man's life is over. You are a new creation. You are righteous before God. You stand in a place where even with all of your mistakes and all of your imperfections and the sin problems and the issues that you still have going on in your life and the disobedience and all of it, that you actually, God sees you in the light of the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And he says, look, I accept you as I accept my own son, because the miracle of what Jesus did for us in dying on the cross and sharing this inheritance, his inheritance with us, is that he presents us to his Father as blameless before the throne of God. So now you and I, Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that we stand boldly before the throne of grace. That we boldly get to stand before our Father in heaven. That we boldly stand before him with free access to the resources of heaven. Look, now this is not something to take lightly. This is not something for us to get a big head about or anything like that because, again, it has nothing to do with us. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly. Think level-headed. Think clear-headed. Pay attention to what he's done for you. He's given you, he's dealt to each one of us the measure of faith. It's only by his grace that we are saved. It is only by his grace that we are breathing today, that we're alive. It's only because of, him, because of him. Everything is held together by God, by the word of his power. Look, it is not about you. It is not about me. But that is not an invitation to beat yourself up, to belittle yourself, to put yourself down, to think that you're not good enough. You know, we throw these statements around like, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Guess what? You used to be a sinner and you are saved by grace, but because you're saved by grace, you are not a sinner anymore. You don't have that sinful nature. Do you still sin? Yes, of course. I still sin. We all still mess up. We all still make mistakes. We all still rebel against God. We all still have issues in our lives. We are not we have not been perfected in that way. But guess what? Jesus already took care of it. He already nailed it to the cross. It was cruci- We were crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
So look, stop being so sin conscious and guilt conscious and law conscious and be grace conscious and be Christ conscious, recognizing that you are alive in him today. The life that you live, it's not based on your works. It's not based on your merits. It's not based on anything like that. Believe me, if it was based on any of that, I would have been in hell a long time ago, but it's not about that. It's about him. It's about he was so good and so faithful and such a lover of humanity, a lover of us all, that he took it all upon himself, giving up the life of his son in order to bring us into this place of peace and oneness with him. That's the deal right there. You have been made one with God. And that's not based on your actions. It's not based on how well you do at reading your Bible and how much time you spend praying. It's not, a, it's not about that. It's you start this Christian life. You begin your walk with the Lord as a child of the Most High God. That makes you royalty. As a co-heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ, you are a royal member of the household of God, of the family of God. And so, look, I just want to say to you that you are so much more valuable than you realize. You are so much more valuable to God than you could possibly imagine. And that's the only opinion that really matters, right? When we really think about it. You know, we spend a lot of times comparing ourselves to other people and trying to be good in the eyes of man and trying to get acceptance from other people, you know, living our lives and building things and doing the things that we do in order to gain approval and favor from other people. And look, we are called to live from a place of rest, recognizing that we are in a place of partnership with heaven where we get to live our lives putting on display the glory and the nature of God. And when we have the wrong concept of who God is and the wrong concept of who we are in him, then it just muddies the water and it causes us to pursue less than the fullness of what he has for us. If we come at this life, if we come at the things that God has called us to from a place of lack or from a place of feeling like we're worthless or like we're not good enough or like we messed up too many times for God to still care, for for us to have his approval and his acceptance and all of that, Look, here's the deal. If we come at this from a place where we just think that we are not good enough, then we're just not going to pursue this life and what he's called us to, to the full extent. And so I just want to encourage you this week. I want to, and I really want to challenge you in this week in your own thinking to stop belittling yourself. Stop putting yourself down. Again, that's not an invitation to get prideful, to get arrogant, to be like, look at me, I'm God's gift to the ministry, I'm God's gift to the world, whatever. It's seeing yourself in the right context. You are actually supposed to love yourself. The command from Jesus was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. This life boils down to loving God and loving others. And one of the greatest ways that we express our love to God is in the way that we express our love to others. But it becomes very difficult and very complicated to love effectively when we don't love ourselves. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so if you have a bad concept of yourself, if you put yourself down, if you think that you're not good enough, that you're not valuable, if you live based on those lies, and that's what they are, those are lies, that is not true, that is not who you are, 
An infinite God laid down the life of his infinite son in order to secure your salvation, your freedom, your eternal life. What that says to me is that your life is infinitely valuable to God. The only one whose opinion really matters at the end of the day. He is the one that created us. And so that's where we find our value and our worth. And so again, I really just want to encourage you and challenge you this week in your thinking to not put yourself down. If you have that tendency to belittle yourself, to look down on yourself, to maybe it's even an issue of low self-esteem or whatever it might be, there is another invitation for you. It is to recognize who God is. And when you understand who God is, when you discover who God is, then you discover who you are in Him. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Really, really means the world to me that you're here. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share this with somebody that you think could benefit from it as well. We'll be back next week. Make sure you come back next week. There's going to be a really, really awesome interview that I'm so excited to bring to you. So thank you guys so much. Continue to be safe out there. Have an awesome week, and I'll see you next time.